Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Here comes your 19th nervous breakdown. All right. All right, well, a little uh, different start here to the show. And uh, a very good Monday morning, everybody. It's the uh, Oda Payne Podcast. Joe Beningo, of course, and the Oda Payne Podcast. <clears throat> and it is Monday. It is February 27th. It is 2023. And the Joe Beningo Oda Payne Podcast is brought to you by, no, not, not your 19th nervous breakdown by the Stones. No, it's brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company by Anita Discount Tire, and, of course, by our good friends at DraftKings. Now, before we before we get into the show today, um, we have a very special uh, show coming up for you tomorrow, a Tuesday special for the Oda Payne podcast. We will have our live interview with the greatest defensive player in the history of the New York Jets, the very recent Hall of Famer, number 73, the great Joe Klecko. He will join us tomorrow, a special Tuesday Oda Payne podcast with our interview with Joe Klecko. So you want to check it out? It'll be out there tomorrow night for you. We also may have some surprises going into this coming Friday's podcast as well. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything about it now because I'm not sure yet. I'm still working on it, but we'll see what we can do. Maybe another surprise for you Friday. But tomorrow, don't forget, our our, uh, podcast, our interview with the great Hall of Famer. Again, to me, the greatest defensive player in the history of the Jets, Joe Klecko. So you want to uh, check that out tomorrow. All right. So where do we start today? You know, here it is, February. It's actually going to snow tomorrow. I mean, for the first time all year in the wonderful, my beloved New York metropolitan area here in northern New Jersey, they are finally talking about snow. I guess it's going to start tonight. Uh, we're looking at like three to five. When you're listening to this, it's probably going to be snowing already. Uh, I think it's a winter storm warning is uh, in place from six o'clock tonight through about one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I've heard anywhere from three to five, maybe maybe five to eight, something like that. But for the first time this year, significant snow. And of course, it comes about two weeks before we will see the opening of all the golf courses in the area. So let's get it out of the way now. Let's get it done. And uh, so maybe hopefully that'll be it. Uh, one and done, uh, as they say, uh, sometimes happens in the NCAA tournament, which will be coming up, you know, uh, within the next couple of weeks. March Madness is right around the corner. All right. Now, on on Saturday night, they had the um, – uh, they honored the 50-year anniversary, and it's hard to believe, 50 years since the Knicks' last championship team in 1973. Clyde Frazier was there. Earl the Pearl was there. Bill Bradley was there. They had Willis uh, Willis Reed on video. Phil Jackson was not there. And I guess the reason Phil wasn't there is because, you know, they were concerned he'd probably get booed because of the wonderful job he did as the GM of the Knicks. So that's probably why Phil wasn't there for it. But nevertheless. And I was thinking about it. And really, that 
that 73 team, you know, really had a, a special place in my heart. And I'll, I'll get to, you know, all the uh, what I'm getting to with the point here about how different the NBA was 50 years ago as opposed to today. And to me, a lot better. I mean, first of all, how did we exist in 1973 without the three-point shot? How did that? How was it possible? No three-point shot? Come on. How is that possible? We actually had low post centers. How about that? A center playing with his back to the basket that wasn't standing 30 feet outside trying to shoot three-point shots. How about that? And how about this? You could actually play defense. You could actually, like, actually, if a guy came down the lane, you could actually hit him with a hard foul and not get suspended for 10 games. How great is that? And how about this? There was no such thing in 1973 as maintenance days, right? You know, there was no maintenance days. You played 82 games. Unless you had a legitimate injury, you played 82 freaking games a year. You know, you didn't take a couple days off. You're going to worry about you in the playoffs or, you know, whatever. Now, there was no maintenance days. And you pretty much, and I'm not saying you didn't have guys trying to force trades to get out of wherever they were. I'm not saying that that really didn't happen. But, you know, it's not like today where you're trying to, you know, and I understand. Look, I mean, you know, the first super team ever was actually the 68-69 L.A. Lakers when Will Chamberlain got traded to the Lakers. And you had Wilt and Elgin Baylor and Jerry West on the team. That was probably the first one. And, of course, they didn't win the championship. They lost a a very brutal seven-game series that year to the Celtics in what turned out to be Bill Russell's uh, swan song in the NBA. But but nevertheless, you know, uh, so you did have kind of had that kind of thing happening a little bit. But there certainly was no maintenance days. And how about this? The head coaches actually wore suits on the sideline. What a concept. Doesn't it make you sick when I see these guys wearing these jumpsuits on the sideline? Like they just got done with a workout and most of them probably need the workout. Uh, memo to Tom Thibodeau, you know, could use a, a little workout there. But nevertheless, so, with, you know, so you say whatever about, you know, whatever you want about the NBA today. But 50 years ago, you know, it was a different game. And to me, it was a better game. I'm sorry. But it's hard to believe 50 years since the Knicks won a championship. And they got a pretty good team now. They're playing well. They're eight games over 500. They've won five in a row. You know, Jalen Brunson's been terrific. Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly. We go right on down the line. You know, the addition of Josh Hart to this team. You know, they haven't lost since Hart's been here. Now 4-0. and And they got a big game tonight to play the Celtics at the Garden tonight. And you always want to stick it up the Celtics rear end. You know, who right now are leading uh, in the East. But uh, nevertheless, you know, just a, just a completely, completely different world. But just think about this. So the teams I root for, think about it. 50 years since the Knicks won a championship. Not that I love the NBA like I used to. And for all the reasons pretty much I just gave you, you know, uh, the difference in the game now than, than it was back in 1973 when I was a spry 20-year-old. But nevertheless, <laughs> 50 years for the Knicks. Very spry. The well-documented 54 years for the Jets, who will be, you know, uh, the drive for 55 will be next year for the Jets, going for their 55th consecutive year without a Super Bowl appearance. So we know it's 54 years for them. The Mets is actually th- – think about this. The Mets have not won now in 37 years, 1986. So this will be – if they don't win the World Series this year, it'll be 37 years for the Mets. And, you know, don't count on them winning the World Series, no matter how high their payroll is. And, you know, no matter, you know, that they got Verlander and Scherzer and, you know, 
so on down the line. You know, don't don't basically don't count on them winning the World Series this year, but whatever. Be that as it may, 37 years for the Mets. And the Rangers even, you know, it seems like they won the Stanley Cup yesterday. That's only 29 years ago now, you know. They're actually halfway to the 54 that uh, it took them to win that cup from 1940 to 1994. And, of course, we'll see what happens with the Rangers. Are they finally going to make this Patrick Kane trade? Is that going to happen? Is that really going to happen finally? You know, by Wednesday, I believe, is the trade deadline. They've cleared all this cap space and made all the moves they have to make to uh, to make the deal for Kane. I, don't, I still don't know what the Blackhawks are getting. Does anybody know what the Blackhawks are getting to bring Kane here? Was it just a salary dump? I mean, I, I don't know. Well, who knows? But uh, we'll see. That's been rumored for a long time. Larry Brooks in the post yesterday, you know, where he was talking, it's like 90% that Kane's going to be here. So we'll see. The Rangers had a big win last night. They beat the Kings 5-2 at the Garden. Uh, to snap a four-game losing streak. And you got a little concerned last night because Mika Zibanejad got, almost got carried off the ice after he had a puck hit him in the ankle. He came back and actually scored a, a power play goal late in the game to seal the 5-2 Rangers lead, uh, Ranger win. So that was good to see him come back and you know not have any kind of a major injury. But we'll see whether or not this Patrick Kane deal goes down uh, when all is said and done. But... You know, that, night, that 1973 Nick team, I mean, you know, obviously it'll always have a great place in my heart. And and to me, when I look back at the great Nick championship teams from 1968-69 through 1973-74, when they're in the conference championship every year, they went to the finals three times, they won two championships, all of that, the best run in the history of the Knicks, the best run in the history of any of my teams. I mean, that's the best run I've had for any of the teams I root for the 69 through 74 New York Knicks, not even close. But that 73 team, and look, it was, 1970 was unbelievable, the first championship, you know, the classic seven-game series when they beat the Lakers in the finals and, you know, Willis coming out for game seven and everything that went down in that series was unbelievable. But the one series in that, you know, six-year period that always will stick out for me was the 1973 Eastern Conference Finals against the hated Boston Celtics. And of all the teams that I've hated over the years, I mean, there's so many teams, the Dolphins, the, every team in the Jets division I hate. You know that. So, we, you know, Miami, New England, Buffalo, I hate them all. Can't stand any of them. We know that. You know, all the teams in the Mets division, I hate them all. Every one of them. Atlanta, Philly, the, the Marlins, the Nationals. I can't stand any of them. So that goes without saying. But that Celtic team, man, did I hate the Celtics. Oh, my God. You know, you think I hated Jordan in the 90s and the Bulls? Forget it. Not even close to how much I hated the Boston Celtics. They won 11 championships in 13 years from 1957 through 1969. I absolutely could not stand them. Oh, Bill Russell, John Havlicek, Sam Jones, Tommy Heinsohn. Now, you get to 1972-73, Tommy Heinsohn was the coach of that Celtic team. And I couldn't stand Tommy Oh, my God. Oh. You know, he'd wear those stupid plaid jackets on the sideline. You know, he was always overweight. You know, you couldn't stand him. You know? Really, I mean, you couldn't. I mean, the guy was he was brutal. But that Celtic team that year, they won 68 games. They were 68-14. and 14. It was the best record any Celtic team ever had. Even better than the vaunted 85-86 team <clears throat> that went 67-15 and 
and I believe lost one home game all year that year. Of course, went on to win uh, the NBA title. That was the final of the Larry Bird championship teams, 85-86. You know, Bird, Parrish, Danny Ainge, all your favorites, Dennis Johnson, you know, Kevin McHale, all of them, all your favorite Celtics. But that 72-73 team won 68 games more than any Celtic team ever. They finished 11 games ahead of the Knicks that year. That Knicks team went 57-25. and 25. So they won 11 games ahead of them. They won uh, you know, 11 games better than them. And they play them in the conference finals. <clears throat> and I'll never forget it. Game Back then, they played every other game. Uh, you know, the game one was in Boston, game two in the Garden, and that's how they played it. Every other game was in a different different place, not like they do it now. You know, two at home, you know, two here, two there, uh, one, one, one. That's how they do it now, okay? But back then, that series, every other game was in a different place. Game one was in Boston, and I'll never forget it. And the Celtics blew the Knicks out. I mean, they killed them. I forget what the final score was. They won by, you know, almost like 30 points or whatever it was. Game two in the Garden, the Knicks blow the Celtics out by more than the Celtics blew them out in game one. I don't know if they won by 33, whatever it was. They killed them. So now the series is 1-1. They go back to Boston Garden. Pretty pretty sure it was a Friday night. And I remember I'm watching the game. I happened to be home. I guess it was during, like, it had to be during the Easter vacation. It was, actually, because game four at the Garden was on Easter Sunday, and I got a little story on that. But anyway, so game three is back in Boston. The Knicks beat him to take a two-games-to-one lead. Hondo, John Havlicek, gets hurt in the game. And, you know, that was the big excuse for the Celtics the rest of the way. Even though Hondo continued to play, he was hurt. Oh, Hondo got hurt. Oh, of course. But whatever. Right. So the Knicks are now up two games to one, coming back to the Garden on Easter Sunday for game four. And I'll never forget this. I'll never. So Easter Sunday that year, in 1973, we're having a big extravaganza on Easter Sunday at my grandmother's house, okay? And I'll never forget telling my mother. Remember, I'm home for for uh, uh, spring break or Easter break for from college, whatever, from beautiful Franklin, Indiana. So, so here's the deal. Easter Sunday, all right? Well, you know, you got to be by grandma a certain time. We're having dinner. No, no, no. Here's the deal, Ma. No. I will be there after the Nick Celtic game, okay? I'm watching the game at home. This is what's happening. When the game's over, you'll see me there. You'll live without me until I get there, right? <laughs> and it was like a big, big deal about this because let me just tell you, let me, let me backtrack to 1970. So 1970, right? I'm a spry you know, junior in high school, whatever the hell I was, okay? And the Knicks are playing the Bullets in the first round of the playoffs. I want to say uh, maybe it was game – was it game five? No, I think it was game two. It might have been game two of that playoff series. I'm trying to – I forget. Game two, game three, whatever. Whatever it was, the Knicks had the home court. So it might have been game three because they won every other game. So that was Easter Sunday as well. And I'll never forget, it was a snowstorm that day on Easter Sunday. I'll never forget, 1970. And I had I have tickets to the game to go, right? With my buddy Gary Lindenbaum, wherever he's doing these days. I hope he's okay, right? <laughs> so my mother won't let me go because you can't go to the game because it's Easter. What do you mean I can't go? I want to, it's a Knicks playoff game here. No, can't go. So I'll never forget that. So I was very aggravated. So now we fast forward to three years later, 
I'm not going to the game. I didn't have tickets for the game at the Garden. But there's no way I'm missing this game and going to my grandmother first. You'll see me after the game's over. Okay, whatever. So what happens in this game, the Knicks fall way behind. And they eventually the game goes into overtime. The Knicks win this game in double overtime. I'll never forget it. Clyde goes nuts. He scores 25 of his 37 in the two in the in the fourth quarter and the two overtimes. The Knicks win the game. They're up three games to one. I'm I'm delirious at this point. I'm sure I went by my grandmother and I was in a very good mood. I'm sure I was, right? You know. So anyway, probably smoked the number and then went over there. Who knows? So probably I, I probably did. So hey, hey. So anyway, <laughs> my wife's cracking up. So. So the Knicks were up three games to one now. So now I go back to school. Now I'm back in school. And I'll never forget this. I made a bet. There was this very obnoxious guy by the name of Jeff Lewis. I wonder what he is now. (laughs) Jeff Lewis, who lived in my dorm. We were in the same dorm at Franklin, right? And he was from Boston. And he was, uh, no, no, you have no idea. He was as as obnoxious a Bostonian asshole as there could be. Okay? Okay. I think he eventually became a doctor. I don't know. But his parents had money. I mean, he was a pompous ass. Okay. So we had made a bet before the series started that, you know, I forget how much money it was between the Knicks and the Celtics. Okay, so fine. So now, you know, I'm all, I come back. The Knicks are up four, three games to one. And, you know, I'm busting Lewis's ass and all of this. Okay, so now game five might have been a Wednesday night. And the games are on TV. I'm going to watch these games. They're on national TV, which is you know, hard to believe, but these games are on TV. So now it's game five. And I don't know if I was listening to it on the radio or not. Um, uh, you know, cause I used to be able to get the Marv Albert in the games on the radio. I think they were on, on NBC, WNBC, like radio 66, what, you know, now is FAN now, really, this is going back a hundred years, you know, 50 years. So anyway, game five in Boston and they wind up losing on a, on a shot, on a bank shot by, of all people, Paul Silas, who, you know, couldn't shoot at all. Great rebounder, great defensive player, but nobody, did, no kind of offensive machine by any means. And and Silas hits this crazy shot, uh, banks it in for what proves to be the game winner. Now it's three games to two in favor of the Knicks. Okay, I'll live with this. Fine. We're coming back home. Game six at the Garden. We'll win this game. We'll close it out. We're good. Right. Okay. Great. Game six at the Garden. They lose. Right. They lose. Dave Cowens has a big game. I think they won 110, 100, whatever. The Knicks would never really. You never really felt the Knicks were going to win the game. It was one of those. So now they tie the series at three three. Lewis comes down the hall. He's busting my ass. You know. Oh, we got you now. You're going to blow this series. Game seven's on Sunday back in Boston and all of this. Right. Okay. So now here comes Sunday. So, you know, Lewis is already like, you want, Lewis is like being a complete asshole because he was, and he's basically like, oh, you want to pay me now? I figured how much money I had. You want to give me the money now? You want to, you want to, you want to get it over with now? Just pay me now. You know, you know, you know the series is over, right? <clears throat> okay. So I know I got to get to my sponsors here. So why don't I do that? Before I come back to break down game seven, let me get to my sponsors here. All right. Because we're running out of time already. The Hackensack Brewing Company. Well, you know the deal. And by the way, it looks like sometime in early April will be our next live podcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company. And you know the deal on the Hackensack Brewing Company. Uh, located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, 30 seconds off Route 4 in uh, beautiful 
Who needs a house out in Hackensack, New Jersey? The tap room's open 4.30 to 10, Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Check it out. See Mike Jones. See TJ. They do a phenomenal job. Herb, Andre, everybody over there. Uh, We'll let you know exactly the next date for the live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. And then, of course, uh, Anita Discount Tire, beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue in Rivervale. Uh, You need uh, new tires. You need work done on your car. That's the place to go. See my son, Johnny. See his boss, Harry. They do a great job over there. Tell them I sent you. And it certainly will take care of you. And last but not least, the people at DraftKings. Again, we want to thank them again. They've re-upped for another year next year for the football season. So we want to thank everybody at DraftKings. God bless them. You want to bet on anything, the NCAA tournament coming up, uh, the NBA, the NHL, whatever. I mean, you know, you want to bet preseason baseball. Who knows? Whatever you want to do, right? Hey, DraftKings is the way to go. And we want to thank them again for re-upping for another football season. So uh, we thank the people at DraftKings very much. And uh, if you're going to bet, that's there's a lot of these services out there. DraftKings is by far the best. All right. So let's get back to the 1973 Eastern Conference Final. Nobody really cares about this, but I figured I'm telling a story and there's really not much else. You know, you don't want to hear me the fact that I watched like two women's college basketball games yesterday. I watched the South Carolina Gamecocks make it 35 consecutive wins by beating Georgia yesterday or a tremendous buzzer-beating game winner by Iowa over Indiana, two of the top teams in women's college basketball. Caitlin Clark, who's, I guess, one of the best players in college basketball, Hits this crazy three-pointer at the buzzer to win the game for Iowa over IU. Nobody cares about that, but well, it is what it is. So I had to throw that in there. So that you, know, you don't want me breaking that down. So anyway, but maybe you do. I don't know. Big game for UConn closes out their uh, regular season tonight against Xavier. I guess it's senior night up in stores. But anyway, so back to game seven. So so Lewis is being an asshole, like I said. Comes down. You want to pay me now? Game seven is Sunday. The whole thing, you know. You know you're going to lose, whatever. So now game seven comes, and I'm watching the game in my dorm room. Lewis was on one side of the dorm, and I was on the other side, right? And I'm watching the game with my buddy Dave Dickey, right? and that's another story we could get into forever, who was from New York, not a Knicks fan, but he's, he hated the Celtics too. He was a big Wilt Chamberlain guy. And, you know, we were together in our hatred for Boston, okay? So anyway, <clears throat> game seven comes. And the Knicks go out and win this game, 94-78. They become the first team ever to win a game seven in Boston Garden. And I am delirious. I mean, I'm telling you right now. To me, still, as a Knicks fan going back to like 1962, this was the best moment ever. Better than the 70 championship. It was better than when they won the championship and beating the Lakers in the finals. They beat the Lakers in five in the finals. It, It was anticlimactic after they had beaten the hated Celtics, right? Right. And especially the way they did winning in Boston. The late Dean Memager had a big game that day. I remember the Knicks was a close game early and the Knicks kind of took control in the second quarter and never looked back and held the Celtics to 78, beat them 94, 78. Still see Clyde walking off the court with the number one, like Namath did after Super Bowl threes, walking off the court, going like this, waving his finger with number one arm was great. You know, all the Bostonians crying and all that. So now, so now, I, because I because I'm a classy guy, right? Because I, you know, I don't want to be a a, uh, a a sore winner, if you will. You know, I don't want to be an asshole, even though I'm delirious. Not at the Knicks won this game, 
So I could have went down the hall looking for Lewis, right? And, you know, just started, you know, being a, a complete clown, you know, and laughing at him and all it is. But I didn't do that because I was because I had class. I was a classy guy as a, as a sophomore in high school and college. You know what I mean? It was classy. I didn't have any girlfriends, but I had class. <laughs> right? I had the long hair and everything. You know, oh, my God. I'll tell you, that's a good, we'll tell you that story, too, before we were off. We're off. So, anyway, Lewis finally comes. He's actually, he was actually nice about it. I, I thought he was going to be like a jerk because he was a jerk. I thought he'd be like a jerk. Now, gives me my money. I forget how much it was. You know, weekly congratulates me that your team won and all it is. But that, I'll never forget that moment. That was, that to me, for all the, you know, all the moments of the Knicks over all the years, there was nothing better than that game seven in Boston. I, I really. And winning that series against the Celtics and becoming the first team ever to win a game seven in the old, decrepit, piece of crap Boston Garden. <laughs> so that was a great story. I mean, I have people, you know, I'm giving you a story because I got nothing else to talk about here. So I'm going to give you that because they just, you know, fetted the championship team. By the way, with that said, you know, on the night that you're celebrating the Knicks 50, 50th year, you know, 50 year celebration, 50 year anniversary of that great championship team, right? The last one in the history of the franchise. Shouldn't you be wearing like the classic home white uniform if you're the Knicks? What brilliant marketing guy at the Garden decides let's wear the black uniforms at home for this game? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna celebrate that team, you have to wear the classic Nick white uniform that they always wore at home until you know the last couple of years when now you're wearing black, you're wearing blue, you're wearing whatever. Maybe they're wearing pink uniforms too. Remember they wore those stupid green uniforms on St. Patty's Day once? How you can't do that? Thank God I think they finally scrapped those. Anyway, you can't be wearing green if you're the Knicks. I mean, come on, you just can't. But anyway, so be that as it may. So, but that that's so that's basically the deal. But the Knicks could have worn their classic white uniforms at home for this for the to celebrate that anniversary instead of wearing black. Come on, I mean, just and there's no thought process at all. But anyway, let me just tell you a quick story because while we're talking about that, because that was the same year, I guess it was 1973. So I'll never forget it. I guess it was right then when I was coming home for Easter, as a matter of fact, right? Classic story. <laughs> so I'm coming home and my hair is long. I mean, my hair's, you know, I had a pretty long hair then, and my hair was kind of maybe down to the back of my whatever. I didn't, I didn't, let's put it this way. I had not had a haircut since I was home for Christmas. So my hair was pretty long, the whole deal. So I'll never forget. So I'm, so I'm, Coming in, I'm at Newark Airport, you know, I'm coming in to get my baggage, you know, I'm walking down the terminal in the old days, this is 50 years ago at Newark, and my mother is like down, like like I'm up and she's down, and she sees me, you know, because my mother could spot anything from, you know, she had eyes like, like radar, so she spies me from about 100 yards away. And all of a sudden, like this blood curdling scream. I like, like, like she hasn't seen her son for months. You think she'd say, Oh, my son, I'm so happy to see him. You know, put her arm around me. I'm happy you're home. And it's great to see you, you know, my beloved only son. No, no, no shot. She screams. I mean, you, you can't embarrass a guy more than it. She screams at the top of her lungs. Oh my God, look at what he looks like. And people are like, what has he got? Three eyes? What's, what's wrong with this guy? What? Has he got two heads? 
what is he naked? I mean, what's <laughs> right? And the people are like looking around. I'm not, and I'll forget this. This is my mother because she was like as subtle as like a you know a karate chop. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so so anyway, may she rest in peace. So anyway, so so okay, so now. So we get, she doesn't say a word to me now from the walk from the airport to the car. Like, not a word, not a word. You know, uh, you know I love you, son. You know, it's great. I was school. No, no, none of that. Get in the car. Finally, in the car, as we're driving home, she talks, she, now she's talking to me. She goes, before you come into this house, before you come into the house, now it couldn't, it was at night, so I couldn't get a haircut that night. You were getting your haircut tomorrow. Okay. Let's say this is what she's telling me. Not, you know, not, oh, it's great to have you home. I'm so happy you're healthy. You know, you, you don't look too bad. You know, I had a lot of pimples, but I mean, outside of that, and then she would pop them too. She chased me around the house, like popping my the freaking pimples on my face. What is this ass? Anyway, my ice cracker. So anyway, so, so I had to go get my hair cut the next day. I'll never forget it. I had to do it. What was I going to do? Right. She wouldn't let me in the house again. You're not coming back in the house to get your haircut tomorrow. Unbe- oh, my God. Ugh. So, anyway, so that was 1970. See, nobody cares, but that was 1973. So, what can I tell you? Oh, the pain. Oh, the pain. Even 50 years ago, there was freaking pain. So, don't forget, tomorrow, we're done already. How about this? It was great. It was easy to tell them this story. I'm sure people can't wait to hear this. So, don't forget, tomorrow... A special podcast. We will interview Hall of Famer, the greatest Jet defensive player at all of all time, number 73, the one and only Joe Klecko. The legendary Joe Klecko will join us tomorrow. Uh, you want to check it out tomorrow night, a special Tuesday Ode to Pain podcast. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Um, have a great week. But we will, again, like I said, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to Joe. And that should be uh, really, really great. So, everybody, uh, should we end with 19th Numbers Breakdown? No? Should we end with go running to the, for the shelter of your mother's little helper? Because that kind of was the theme of the show, right? I don't know. Who knows? Everybody, enjoy your rest of your week. Uh, and don't forget tomorrow, Joe Klecko, you want to check it out tomorrow night. All the love.